So there's a period of time that your kids are just no shit that nobody else in the world knows what types of clouds, what types of blood, what types of blood types you have. My kids can sit there and tell you why I have blue eyes and who, like, of course, that they have this colored eye because of recessive genes and uh, they know that stuff. Is that, is that an archaic way of thinking or is that a forward thinking? No, that's thing? not, that is like proven. That is not a, this is, you're gonna, you created, of course I have this colored eyes because you are my parents and the only two options were this. You know, if Kayvon Thibodeau had that ability, he might not be sliding in all these mock drafts. Welcome back to the recollection of Tom Tupa. It is Draft Miss Eve. It's uh, exciting. It's a little nerve wracking. This is, is this the biggest? I mean, it's last year's draft was bigger, but this this, this draft feels bigger to me. Oh, no, this is bigger. This is bigger. We knew it was a foregone conclusion that it was Zach and it was a foregone conclusion that we were rebuilding. You know, maybe we would, we would win a couple games, but this is this is the future. This is, we got four picks in the top six, five picks in the top 69. Um, this is it. It's time. There, there's, it's the best of the Jets fantasy only time of the year with pure hope. It's all downhill from tomorrow um, when they announce the pick, which will probably be disappointing, but it's all downhill from here. So let's just enjoy tonight, Nicholas, and uh, we'll take it from there. Simple Jets luck. You know, it seems like the past decade, if it's been a four player draft, we have the fifth pick. If it's been a three player draft, we have the fourth pick. Um, this year we have the most draft capital of anybody in the NFL. And, um, there's really not a top, I don't, you know, if you next year's draft is going to be loaded at the top, uh, next year's draft. I don't think any of these guys that are, we're talking about today would be drafted before seven or eight, if not even double digits. Um, but Hey, that's who we are. And they usually get this stuff wrong last year, last, uh, if you remember the last draft that didn't have any great quarterback prospects, that was the same draft that um, Mr. Mahomes and Mr. Watson uh, were in that we wisely, you know, took Jamal Adams waiting for the Sam Darnold draft. And uh, so, they, you know, it's like uh, William Goldman says about screenwriting in Hollywood. No one knows a damn thing. So let's just roll the dice tomorrow. You know, if it's not a good quarterback draft, a lot of people then just deem it as not a good draft. And, you know, I really do believe this actually – is working out well for the Jets for the first time in a while where I think we need good players. I think we need an abundance of good players and good quality starters, NFL players. And I think this is a very deep draft and it's a deep draft at positions of need. I think it's a deep draft at edge at linebacker at safety and even at receiver just to a lesser extent, but still. So I actually think we're set up to succeed here. I mean, are you going to get an all pro player, a hall of fame player? You know, you can't expect that. But I do expect to come away with starters. I do expect to come away with players that make us viable, that um, do things the right way, and that keep us in games because that's all you can really ask for as a fan. So with the fourth pick, you know, obviously two picks in the first round, two picks in the second round, and then still a lot of picks on day three, which is really going to be a huge assets as well. I mean, you get quality starters at certain positions in the 100s and then definitely role players so it's a we have a lot of ammunition um but starting off with pick number four we talked about it a lot last week how Ikea Kwanu I still truly believe is the number one player on the Jets board 
I do believe there's a chance he's going to be there. And if he is there, I believe he is the pick. Where is your head at after we kind of worked through that exercise last week? There's been another week of anonymous tips, reports from the Jets beat. There's been, you know, just a bunch of smoke. Are you, have you come around to full circle on this? Are you back to Icky at four if he's on the board? Are you at Kayvon? Are you at Jermaine? Who do you think is the guy for the Jets at four? Where there's smoke, there's flame. And I think usually, if you remember, you're a young, you're a young buck. But if you remember a couple of drafts ago, the, the draft I remember, Reggie Bush was going to go numb. Reggie Bush was the next Gale Sayers, Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush, until the night before. And everyone was like, well, it's not going to be Reggie Bush, right? So a couple of things that you got you to gotta put your faith in. Number one is that the, the people, the individuals at FanDuel are making their living from the odds of drafts from, you know, they're not just throwing things at the wall, hoping that this is going to be right. And I'm sure we all know at um, what time is it? It's 940 PM on the draft Eve um, the day before the day before the draft, there's a big buzz that Mr. Hutchinson is going to be available. And I'm going to say it now I'm going to make this proclamation and prediction. I believe when the Jets go to draft, Joe Douglas is going to be faced with a scenario he did not think was possible, but both Icky and Hutchison are going to be there available for him to make a pick. And I think that's the discussion the Jets are having right now. I think it's interesting. I haven't done a lot of work on Hutchison because I haven't really didn't think it was ever a possibility. So if you're confronted with that situation, Nick, what do what does GM Nikki Lucarelli do? And what does GM Joe Douglas do? I love Iki Iquanu, and I like Aiden Hutchinson. So I think it's pretty clear in simplistic terms what I would do. Iki's the number one player on my board, and Aiden's the number 12 player on my board. So it's not, um, it's not like it's astronomical in terms of difference. Aiden, however, technically is the number four edge for me, number four, but that sounds worse than it is. I think it's a very deep edge class. And to me, he's right there with Arnold Ebiketti is, you know, it depends on your type of what type of edge guy you look for different, different flavors. And I like Kayvon better. And I actually like Carl Loftus better from Purdue, but I like Hutchinson. Um, I think he would be good for the jets. I think it's one of the places that he would probably flourish the most. So it's so much of this is destination and people don't want to talk about that where the landing spot of these players has so much to do with their ultimate success and the results that they actually have in the national football league. You know, if you put the last 10 best edges and you put them in different landing spots, some of them like a miles Garrett is scheme agnostic destination agnostic, but some of them flourish because of the coaching staff. You know, I look at Daniel Hunter, would he have gotten the chances that he got if he didn't play for someone like Mike Zimmer forward thinking in that way with how he utilized him. So, so much of it does matter, but I would take Icky because I think it's the kind of thing where the jets are not in a position. And we talked about this last week to pass on the best player in the draft. I am simply listening to what the jets brass is telling us and not telling us while telling us, Makai Becton is not a sure thing. George Fant is 30 years old, and he's not a good run blocker. For a team that wants to run the football, people never mention that. 
No, I, it's again, I, I'm, I'm interesting enough with four. I just take what I think, and I have faith in Joe. I take the best player available because this is what I did a lot of thinking about this. This is going to be my, you know, grab a, grab a seat. Um, what the Jets need to do is they need to fix the room. That's what, with every pick the Jets make with these, especially the top five, what you need to do is you need to look at your team. You need to look at your roster and you need to look at all the, the all the rooms, right? So the tight end room, the wide receiver room, the offensive line. If we draft a player from our first pick to our fifth, which is the you know third pick in the second and the, the our or the pick sixty nine. Let me say that again. Sorry. Uh, if we draft a player with one of our five picks, when that being the 69th pick in the draft, those guys need to solve the room. So if you add Icky to that offensive line, in my opinion, you solved the room and you moved on, right? I don't know if, to be honest, I don't know if Hutchison solves that room. Um, I I don't, I am not in love with Hutchinson. If you are expecting a Kayvon Thibodeau or an Aiden Hutchinson or a Jermaine Johnson or an Epichetti or even a Carl Loftus to come in there and be an all pro, the tape and the profile does not fit that expectation. This is this is not the draft for you. So who's the comp? Yeah. Who's the comp for Aiden? Who's the Hutchinson comp? Who at what's his uh, what's the ceiling? His comp, his comp um, he's not quite as. To I mean the the arm length is tough, so it's not one for one, but probably Max Crosby. Wow, that's that's a hell of a comp. That's a it's probably the best pass rusher in the NFL. Well. Again, uh, you know, you can comps are tough because I like to comp ceiling because, you know, I think I, I heard a good one where like he's Kyle Vanderbosch and like that's probably one that is pretty accurate, like right down the middle of if he reaches his middle of his potential. But, you know, they're, they're for all intents and purposes, Aiden Hutchins a great worker. That's one of the things people like about him. He's an athletic guy. It's not that he's not athletic. He's been a little bit overblown. I think he was on the freaks list and he's not an athletic freak. Um, that's for sure. But he's got a good motor and, you know, he definitely had production last year. But, but, the but, but here's the thing. Arm length is an outlier. I got to talk about the Jets defensive front again. It's probably our deepest position, right? So if you look at our depth chart, we have Lawson, all right? Maybe a question mark, but you should be back, right? Jacob Martin as a backup. On the other side, we got JFM, we got Zuniga, who's terrible, and we just re-signed Vinny Curry. So what? not that he's going to be great, but for 15 snaps a game, that's still talking about guys. Huff is, you know, third string, who I know we both like. Everyone, every Jets yeah. fan loves Huff. Everybody loves Huff. And Kyle yeah. Phillips is not a bad player. As, as your, your sixth best or fifth best defensive end, defensive, defensive end, that is not the end of the world at all. I, I don't think... I don't well, know yeah, that, that asset that that room needs another body. Um, and again, that's why I think if you draft Icky, what you have to look at is what's the worst case scenario. Just assume that the players are good players. Are we have to, at this point, we have to, we have to assume that all the players are going to draft or aren't going to be bust. So let's not, let's not talk about that. That's too hypothetical, but what the, the worst scenario for the Jets, if they draft Icky is that he can't get on the field. Because Becton bounces back, Fant continues to play well, and uh, AVT stays healthy, and Tomlinson stays healthy. Because Not to mention, I'm sorry, I have to jump in there. If that happens, 
it still matters because then we don't have to re-sign fan for big money. Or we so can re-sign fan for big money and we have this great depth, right? That's the worst case scenario, that the Jets' offensive line is so good that he can't see the field. So who do you want to tend? Just who, who, GM, Nick, who, who would you take and who's Joe going to take? Okay, so let's go just based off of the two prompts. If we take Iggy at four, um, at 10, who I would want then is I would want somebody like Kayvon to fall. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, so I would want someone like a Carl Loftus. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they don't value him as highly as I do. I think they probably like him, but they view him more as a, in the 18 to 22 range. So I think it's going to be a receiver at that point. So I think I would just have to pick my favorite, who is Alave. Um, but Jameson Williams does have a lot of upside. So you kind of have to um, live with that. It's tough because I don't value this receiver class like everybody else. But if it's Hutch at four, I still, I still think it's receiver. I mean, as I go through that process, I think it's receiver either way. I think they're going to take Drake London. I've said that for a while. I've had a bet on FanDuel for Icky to be the pick at four and for Drake to be the pick at 10 for a month now. And I'm going to be, you know, buying a new car if that hits, <laughs> because it's something that I think not only is likely, but I think it's what they want to happen. I think that if they had their druthers, they would be picking Icky Aquani with four and Drake at 10. I think that they like his skill set. He's only 21. The contested catch thing. I think that this narrative is out there for a reason where they want, you know, Zach to have this, alpha body type traditional x receiver and i like drake london he's a first round player to me but he's on the tail end of it he's not um you know a top 10 player in my opinion but i think you're going to see them drafting for need i think that's who they want who i want doesn't really matter because there's no way they're taking carl Loftus a 10 and there's no way they're taking linderbaum at 10 so i'm just going to have to live with whatever receiver they take yeah, I agree. So if, if we're taking Icky, I think the Jets are going to draft Drake London um, over over my dead body. But again, I think going back to the room, they, they feel like they've now solved two rooms. They feel great about their offensive line. They feel great about their receiving room. They have depth at the positions. They have two X's, Y's. Guys can be interchangeable. You could put Drake. You could really create some problems with size, right? That's the first thing that they, I think they're thinking if you put a 12 package, you got Drake out there, you got Corey Davis out there, and then you put, uh, you run those guys. It's going it, to, it's a big receiving core for Zach. Um, and I think Drake maximizes what they deem to be, in my opinion, despite any rumors today that he'd be included in Debo package, which we can get don't to. Don't even, that's the, the most sacred. I think that Drake, maximizes what they view as their greatest asset, which I think they truly believe Elijah Moore is an all-pro caliber. No, they do. Z. I think they think that. I, so I the think Jets, that's what Drake Jets, does too. And I guess you have to drink the Kool-Aid, right? If you're the Jets GM and the Jets believe that Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson will both be all-pros. They believe that right now. Absolutely. That's a, And I think they probably view that about Vera Tucker and a couple other yeah, guys Vera too. Tucker. Yeah, and it's something that, I mean, <laughs> hope they're right in the nfl does Beckton still have some value well that's why i and we've been arguing about this you know off air i think that there are certain teams and the browns might be one of them with stefanski but we talked about seattle a bunch i think Beckton can absolutely get you around the 42nd overall pick because of how teams 
still value, you know, it's the Bill Parcells theory. I know, you know, I hate to always keep it jets, but there's only so many people on the planet who are that big yeah. and him move like him. And it wasn't like he didn't have, he had an excellent rookie year, all things considered. He had his ups and downs, but he had an excellent rookie year. You know, you fast, you uh, rewind back to 2020. Was there a Jet you were more excited about than Mackay back then? No, he's the first offensive lineman. The Jets were so bad in 2020. And I would tell my friends, don't watch the Jets. Just watch Becton, Stonewall dudes. And they would just, I've never seen a Jets offensive lineman. The Brickishaw was great. Uh, Mangold was really great. But never a guy that would literally just stop people in their tracks or throw them out of his way. Um, yeah. I think the Jets are going to move on. And here's that to use your... I have him rated a little lower. I think he's worth about the 70th pick in the draft, which is, you know, somewhere, you know, in the middle kind of early third round. But if you're right, the Ravens drafted 45, right? That's and that's perfect. That's because... the type of team. But and again, if I'm the Ravens and I think I can get Makai Becton for that, man, that's a guy that could be a Pro Bowl player on the right team. And the Jets are the dumb team and they're they're taking that call. We 100% we talked about that last time where the oh the same old Jets thing actually works in our favor here people are going to think oh the Jets screwed him up they they don't know how to coach and they might have the, the zone blocking what, scheme may really be it's what got us a second round pick for Donald people assumed oh the Jets are just so bad that Donald's fine they didn't watch the tape yeah. and it's yeah. similar and I think Mackay actually will could be fine depending on I don't, I don't think he's the right zone block I don't think he's a zone blocker I think he could work specifically on the right side as well um, because he's just such a good run blocker, but yeah, it's not as natural as a fit as a Tristan worse would have been. Um, or I mean, even, I mean, you still, know, again, going back to the, the Jets, if they, he's not going to, fans going to be the left tackle. Like that's happening. hundred percent. They, the Jets, they, they literally have who, come out. And said I don't that. care who the Jets draft. The, the starting left tackle is going to be George Fant. Absolutely. Um, he can't, he, he was not good on the right side. So I love George Fant too. He was not, he was not good on the right side. But can you kind of the, uh, thinking about Tomlinson and Beckton just mowing dudes down on the right side? Sure, absolutely. That's that's the thing. I'm not drafting. I, I, seriously, I really, I am obviously considering Mackay Beckton when I'm drafting Icky at four, but it's kind of independent of that. My whole point is when you're talking about team building, George Fant, who I like. Do you want to be paying a 30-year-old tackle who can't run block? Why are you saying I know we 30 is is young. 30 is the new uh, it's not it's not as young old. as 20, it's not as young as 23. Well, and my point is this: it's about allocating money, it's about building your roster however you want to build it. And the point I'm making is if we had a Makai Becton and I don't know, a Jack Conklin, a 28-year-old guy, maybe I wouldn't be considering it, but it's not like oh, we've got these two bookends. It's not necessarily that I think Beckton's going to be a failure. It's just you have you have to take BPA when you aren't solved at that very important position. So yes, I can envision Tomlinson and Beckton mowing people down. It doesn't change my pick, and I would not give to your point though. I would not. I would not give Mackay Beckton away for seventy overall. Would you? Yes, I would. I trade him for seventy. I mean, it's, it's so tough, right? Because it's like it's because I'm just moving if, on. If, I just I he I think the Jets don't like him, right? There's something about him, like something was going on with Mims. There's something with Beckton. They just don't like him. Uh, it seems like they're really building a, a locker room. You draft Icky, you get the 70th pick, you draft that young, you know, the young kind of project player. 
and you move on. All right, so I'll play a little game here. I'm just going to throw out a couple scenarios, and I want you just to react. Just what makes you, how you feel. If it hurts your, hurt your tummy, you want to vomit, or you're excited. You ready? I'm ready. Aiden Hutchinson at four, Thibodeau at 10. Which one would I rather have? No, you draft both. Eh. Um, I like where you're going with that. I would have much preferred a Walker at four and a Thibodeau at 10. I think there, there's more variance there. But I, you know I don't mind doubling up, especially at something that's as important as edge and pass rush. But they're kind of redundant. I don't know who you would play on the inside. But, eh. You said no, no, no Maalox, not a Maalox moment. Yeah, I no, no. Okay. Um, the Jets trade Elijah Moore for Debo. He's, he's part of the Debo Samuel trade. Um, I would not do that, no. Would you trade Elijah Moore straight up for Debo? No. Yeah. See, that's the thing. We're going to get killed for this, but it's, it's, the, it's the fact. Um, I don't make that trade. It has nothing to do. Obviously, we both know Debo Samuel is – at this point of his career, five times the player that uh, Elijah is, but he's also going to cost you $25 million. And, and he's five years older. And he's, five years and he's, yeah, five, exactly. He's taking a beating. Um, okay. I'm going to keep going. Jets draft jets take Icky and Drake London. And then with pick number um, 35, they draft David Ojabu. Is that how you say it? Ojabu? Yeah. Ojabu. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, I feel good about it. I feel good. I think you get the best player in the draft at, with Icky. Drake's a first-round player at a position of need. And Ojabo, it's tough. would have liked for them to trade up maybe in the first to get that fifth-year option because he's not going to play this year. But I like Ojabo. I think he's a first-round talent. And I think with Salah, he'd be a good pass rusher. So I, I like that. How do you feel if the Jets do not draft the wide receiver until the fourth round? Who's a wide receiver in the fourth round? It's our boy, Justin Ross. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I the, I think there's pros and cons to it. If you're taking an Alec Pierce, who I love, a Calvin Austin, if he falls, is a different kind of guy, Justin Ross, any of the ones we love, that to me means you got an edge, you got maybe a Linderbaum or a Dean, somebody that we both like, but maybe they're not valuing that position. You would have had to get one of those types of guys because you didn't take receiver so in a, in a way that would excite me. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with positive. I'm gonna go with pro. I'm pro that. Okay. Who's the guy in the draft that's gonna get drafted much higher than anybody thinks? That you're gonna say this guy's going top twenty or top ten, and you're, you're just gonna you're just gonna make a call. Yeah, I mean it's not too crazy, but Ritter. I think we're both on Ritter. Ritter's gonna happen. I think there's no way Ritter gets past the Steelers, in my opinion. Quarterback from Cincinnati. But uh, Tyler Smith from Tulsa, I guess, you know, I don't want to go too crazy. Um, he's got, he's been mocked in some first rounds, but I think that he's a pro bowl caliber guard. So I think you take the tackle from Tulsa and worse comes to worse, you kick him inside. So I think he's going to go a lot higher than people think. Who's the guy that's going to drop? Who's the guy that you're going to say, look, he's, he shouldn't be drafted and he's not going to be drafted until much later than people think. Uh, your boy, uh, David Bell. No, uh, I think, yeah, well, I, I, people are out of him. That's fine. I want him. I want him in the th- fourth round. Yeah, oh, I goodness. think he might not. I think he might not. You be know who he's going to be? Will make you happy. It's going to make your tummy happy. He's Jericho Cotri. Don't is. even. Don't, he is. Don't. That's who he is. 
<laughs> don't do so that. He is. He's one of one. Nobody's contrary. Yeah, I mean, someone like David. I mean, yeah, there's a couple. I think it's such a deep draft. I mean, that's what's so exciting, just having all this capital where, you know, it's take a little page out of our buddies in the divisions book. I mean, a Patriot type of team where there's not many A players, but man, there's a lot of B pluses. I mean, you can get, I was looking at linebacker because I know you and I are really obsessed with that. And Malcolm Rodriguez or Jojo Doman, or even a Damone Clark, if his, if his injury um, checks out from LSU, you can get starting linebackers in the fifth round, like easily and really help that room out. Like, I really think, you know, not with premium picks necessarily, but if the Jets want to, they can do our roundout room theory. They can really just complete the roster with this. And I, I think that's what Joe's goal is. I really do. I, I have come to the conclusion. I'm afraid the Jets are going to trade up. I'm afraid the Jets are going to package a bunch of picks for a player. Uh, Joe did it last year. I didn't like it last year. I think they're going to do it again. Um, I think it would be for receiver at the bottom end of one. Like if they went Icky at four, Jermaine at 10, I could see them coming up for a Burks at like they're 28. Yeah. I'm mean, okay with that. As long as it's, as long as Linderbaum's not there, it's not there. Um, it, well, let me throw a scenario at you. Cause yeah. that was fun. Okay. This is something that I've been thinking about. How would you feel if Joe went all freaks and drafted Trayvon Walker at four, Jamison Williams at 10, Ibiketti at 35 and Pickens at 38. That's exactly what I would do. So, so here's the thing. You, you can look if you uh, there, I read a great article on Twitter, the jets, what they like to do is they just draft pure athleticism late in the draft. All right. So uh, Eccles was like a 99 on the spark test. And he, and he kind of saw that, he didn't know what the hell he was doing last year, but he's a great athlete. Your boy Ashton, who will be your boy. I don't know if you can ever sh- stop him i don't know if you can stop you can't i love i ashton. love ashton davis i love him i love him i still love him he's going to be an excellent punt returner this year because we got to protect braxton the slot god and uh ashton's going to be our third safety he's going to get a couple garbage picks i'm excited i would much rather the jets swing for the fence on every one of their picks go pure freak and if we go over five we go over five like uh, that's why you know i would I would much rather have Jamison Williams. Man, you talk about – do you know what – he less left Ohio State because he wasn't going to play? Was, do you know the backstory to that? I don't know the backstory. You can only assume that because it was just such a crowded room. room it's not like he left – he didn't leave for Purdue. You know, he left for a good situation with Bama. I mean, Bryce had some hype, Bryce Young over at Bama. So maybe it was kind of lining up there where, you know, Garrett and Chris were above him in the depth chart. And he's like, oh, you know, it's this other great quarterback. Well, doesn't, that, doesn't, that, doesn't that scare you a little? Like, like when you take a step back, you're like, all right, so Ohio State, this guy realizes he's not going to see the field or is going to see the field, but just wants to, like, could he not there's, beat there's those guys lot, out? That scares me about Williams. I mean, he's not perfect. I mean, yeah, he's I, I, <laughs> as long as you're, I, I, if the Jets like him, but he's a guy that scares me, I think he's as much Henry Ruggs as he is Tyreek. Everyone wants to be the next, again, I talked about this last week, but everyone wants the next Tyreek, but that there's only one Tyreek. I mean, and that, and that scenario, what I like about that, which I find fun, is that you're getting Williams at 10 and you're doubling up and you're getting Pickens at 38. Yeah. Cause then you have a nice, 
Williams can take his time, and Pickens, I think, is a I think he's a starting X in this league. Yeah, but the problem with Pickens is just he might he might be the guy that drops into the fourth round. Oh, that'd be amazing. So apparently, he's mean? not a very nice person. Oh, off the field. Yes. That's in terms of an incident, or yes, in terms of he what? got in a fight in a football like like he is apparently just one of the worst interviews and started a fight in the bowl game and that was really turned off mm. a lot of and that's not a great guy that type of guy that no one wants um, well depending yeah. on the depending on the infractions i would i think he's too talented not to take depending on the infractions if it was nothing um um if the physicality was you know all right so let's go back to the, let's go back to the second round who are the guys that you're like oh my goodness I right, these guys I are think- jets my number one, my number one guy, and it's it's a little chalky, but he's top six, seven on my board. It's you know our new Jonathan Vilma and Nicobe Dean. Oh, I think that that would make me has, so happy. I think he's become so undervalued. I think that he's a little like Linderbaum, where with Dean it's like, oh, he's amazing, but only in certain systems. Well, it's like seven of the best teams in the league run this system, this defensive system. And guess what? The Jets do too. And we need, we prioritize coverage from our linebackers. They're very imperative to filling those gaps that are going to be from our attacking four, three, uh, the, the pass rush. And you need somebody like Dean who is incredible in coverage, who, yeah, he's not amazing at getting off of blocks, especially on the early downs. But if you look at his scouting report and you compare it to that of Derek Brooks, they're literally identical. I mean, he's just, he is reincarnate Derek Brooks with better coverage ability. I think, I mean, talk about, if you want to talk about off the field, he just raved about as the leader, just in a linebacking room full of alphas of Quay Walker and Channing Tindall. He just ran that room. He ran the whole team. He's somebody that I think, paired with someone like a Malcolm Rodriguez in round five, our run defense is fixed. And then we're able to cover the tight ends. I mean, Dean to me, if he's at 35, the, we should, we should forego the time clock and just set it in regularly. What if Dean and Linderbaum are both there? It won't happen. The Jets, I don't think the Jets would allow that to happen. It wouldn't. It would depend if we took Icky or not. If we took, Icky, Dean, 100%. Because that to me was we already spent an asset in offensive line. But if we didn't take Icky, I might go Linderbaum. Because I just think there's less. Um, Dean is a little undersized. Um, and I think there are better linebackers later on where I think Linderbaum is, I mean, I said it last show, a 10 year starter, which there are so few. I can't say that about any, anybody else in this draft. If he goes to a zone team that allows him to use, his athleticism and his profile the right way. I think Linderbaum is about as can miss as you can. All right, another so. another tummy exercise. Jets okay. draft both Georgia linebackers, thirty five and thirty eight. Walker, Quay Walker, and Kobe Dean. Oh my god! Um, that obviously would never happen. I would love it. Why would it never really happen? Would. Why would it never happen? Yeah. I think they're fine with their linebackers. Period. Oh, that, don't <laughs> say that. You can't say that sacrilege. <laughs> I think that you know Quincy and CJ, their guys. I mean, look, I like Quay Walker. He just missed my first round in terms of the players that I value. But Quay Walker next to someone like Dean, and the same thing for Dean. 
being next to somebody like Quay Walker elevates their game so much because they make up for each other's deficiencies. It would be a perfect marriage. I, uh, I would absolutely adore that. And again, we couldn't stop people from running the football last year. So I would much prefer that to any corner signing or even depending on who, what edge it is, you know, a boy, a mafe or whatever. It goes back to our solving the room theory. Would you rather Dean and Boye Mafe or Dean and Drake Jackson? These edges who are not, you no, know, I don't exactly want anything to do with them. I don't want anything to do it's, with those guys. It's, you know, and, and they might be seven sack a year guys. Or do you want to say, you know what? We are solving linebacker. Hmm. We're getting Dean and we're getting Walker and you are not running the football on us. And this is the kind of thing that maybe our pass rush gets a little bit late in games, but it's going to happen anyway. If you can't run the football, if you're letting teams run the football all over you. So I would love that. I, I, I think we agree on solving the room. Uh, let me, let me give you another one yeah. because this is, this is going to end up being the, the whole the episode. I think is like these scenarios. What if it goes Hutch one, Kayvon two, Icky three. Sauce Gardner, just run the card up. You're done. I, I, I don't. That's and I, what you want to do? Yeah, I, I think. And, I, and I've again thought it goes back to the you know the value, the hundred million dollar contract. Joe wants the big bodies, but I also he's not gonna he's not gonna reach. They will not. They're not gonna take Thibodeau. That does not happen. Like, I, uh, yeah, that's I mean, they're out was, on him. Maybe at ten. I, I think they would take Jermaine there for. No, I think they're gonna run the card. I think up. would be a big mistake. I, I think they're gonna. The more I've read, the more I've thought about it. Again, looking at their room, looking at what they think Sauce can be, it wouldn't shock me if they also love Stingley. Um, yeah, I thought you would have done Stingley. Yeah, but I'm thinking what Joe's going to do. I would do Stingley, okay. but I think Joe's going to take Sauce. Would you trade? Here's a scenario. What's the trade? What do you give up for Debo? Because I'm I'm out. I know I've been out on Debo since day one, but. I, I would uh, not give both second rounders in 69. I'm not making that trade. I would much prefer just to give 10 straight up. hundred percent. Because the, where the, where the value charts can end up being at 35 and 38, for example, it's a very, I can almost guarantee one of the players on my board, my top 32 are going to be there at 35. So I would much prefer that and just be over with it at 10. I got Debo for 10, and for the next three years, you have a star wide receiver to help with Dak's development. I'm okay with that. I don't know if I'd make that trade, but I'm okay with it. But 35, 38, and 69, I think, is ludicrous. Yeah, I don't, I have, those, are, those are three starters. I have no interest in making that trade. Zero. I, I would much rather give 10, and that's how weird that is. Um, and there's a weird scenario. I kind of would rather give four. I, mean, I know as weird as it sounds, it's just – they're, they're all the same to me. I just want more bites at the apple. Absolutely. At 35, 38, and 69, in real terms, that's N'Kobe Dean, Arnold DeBichetti, and at 69, it's Trey McBride. I mean, it's it, that's those are real terms. That is not pie in the sky. Those are that is where these guys are falling in these models. I'm not, I'm not making a trip because here's the thing with if Debo is so unhappy, right now he probably has a little bit, you know, and the, and the Niners have a little bit. Okay, we can trade for a draft pick. Let's just hold them. Let's just wait. Let's see what happens. All right. Because if Debo is really miserable after the draft, the rest of the leads kind of moved on. And if we still want to make a trade for Debo, we'll trade you next year's second and third pick, you know, third round pick for him. See, how do you feel about that? Because that trade is fine with me, but I wanted to talk about this because 
I am like staunchly against, I don't believe in this unless you are a true contender in trading a future first. I'm okay with future seconds and thirds, but future first, because I'm so terrified. And maybe this is my scared Jets mentality. I'm terrified of a Zach injury away from, I am not giving away a potential top five pick. No, yeah, I, I don't trade. There's outside of um, an elite player, a uh, TJ Watt, the, the Steelers yeah. can't sign them and we want a first name. I, I would not for Debo. Um, to me, the, the worst thing in the world is what the Texans just went through of they were bad and they didn't get rewarded yeah, for being. Or what's Seattle? You got Jamal Adams. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> yeah, it's the, That's the I, 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 say what you want. I will never be that team where, oh, if Zach tears his ACL, God forbid, well, we have four and now we can do something. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. the, you need to be rewarded for that type of heartache because injuries do happen. Especially so with next that. year's draft. I mean, those, that the, like I, the next year's draft already. I mean, Will Anderson is like the dream player for the Jets. I mean, this guy's the, the next Bruce Smith. I can't wait, Nikki. Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing. That, let's talk about that because that's something that selfishly, and maybe this is the wrong thing. Debo Samuel, for example, I had a couple of friends who went to South Carolina when he was there, mm-hmm. um, and I loved him then. I, I love Debo Samuel. I I've can't, always loved him. I, I, can't, I know you have too. I can't think of a play – Especially during this year, if I could put any five players on the Jets from a pure just entertainment standpoint, especially if you take out quarterback, mm. I think Debo would have been one of them. Having said that, because I love the draft so much, I selfishly do not want us to trade him because then we don't make those picks. I want this to be so desperately. My friend is a balding yet um, very excited Browns fan, and he's so excited not to care about the draft. Remember that you were so you were a young you were a young Nikki when the Jets were good, and you just didn't care. You're like, oh yeah, the Jets got the 28th pick. Uh, who's good this year? Who are the yeah, top that was prospects? Like the, the Wilkerson draft. You yeah. just didn't care, and he doesn't care. The Browns don't have a first round. He's just not paying attention. I want that so bad. I, yeah, I I'm, I'm nowhere so near that. Badly. I'm nowhere near that. <laughs> I want to watch a game in November and be like, ah, we should uh, lose this so we can be getting the. Uh, the Will Anderson sweepstakes. So do you not relate to me then? So I, no, I, I want this I'm to be the last. I'm tired of it. I'm 46 years old. I've had. So then you, so then you want them to trade for, for Diva. At, at the end, I don't want them to use these picks. I want them to use this draft and then Got say, it. we'll give you our second and third next year to protect ourselves just in case. Cause again, there's a chance Sal is not the coach of this team next year. There's a chance that we're like, uh, oh, Zach, the only reason Zach sucks was because the floor and we're going to, we would then, hire like jim caldwell or something um but there's a chance that this could go wrong but i want it to be the last year that i have to be reading mock drafts in october i mean there there you have it new york jets hear our plea no more sifting through mock drafts in october please all right great show if you're listening to this, it's Thursday and the draft is only hours away. Let's all try to stay calm and try to stay positive and hopefully everybody's happy. I mean, that's not going to happen. Hopefully most people are happy with what happens tonight. Check back with us. We're going to try to hop on tonight, uh, at least do a quick little reaction to the picks and uh, a little preview. Be sure to remember that the hit rate for first round players is not very high and make sure to always remember Tom Tupa.